Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Man, God bless you this this evening as you remain standing. We go to the word of the Lord tonight. No place I'd rather be. I was thinking before service tonight, when you think about the order of our services, Sunday mornings is, by and large, education. Sunday nights are inspirational. Wednesday nights where relationships build. This is where it's relational to him. When you come in and it's a sacrifice, I press through the end of a long day. I'm tired. And I'd rather sit at home in front of the fireplace curled up with a book or my family. That's when relationship is built. Amen. Don't you love him tonight? Amen. The book of Matthew chapter 15. And for anyone curious, no, I was not supposed to be the one standing here tonight. Um, Bishop called me this afternoon. I'll be honest with you, it scared me. Because I was at work and he doesn't call me at work unless it's important. And uh, I just jumped on a a, uh, a teleconference that fortunately I was, I, was, I was in a listening posture, not presenting. I jumped off of it real quick and answered the phone, and he started asking me how I was feeling. Uh, Lord, have mercy. He is either setting me up for something bad or something good. I don't know which. He began to unfold that pastor is ill, not mad, but sick. He himself has gotten sick as the day progressed. So, uh, so here we are. I was driving to work this morning and uh, listening to my Bible. And something jumped out at me, not knowing at that time what the day's events were going to unfold. So I uh, just want to try tonight, with the help of the Lord, in a few moments of time this evening as this has come together to convey to you what I feel like the Lord gave me an inspiration this morning. Matthew 15 and 21, the Bible says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously, grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very 
hour. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 very quickly says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. For a few moments of time tonight, taken from the phrase in verse 28 from that very hour, I want to talk to us on this subject, within the time within the time. Would you lift your hands to the Lord and ask Him to bless us here tonight? Mighty God, we're so thankful for you this evening. We're thankful, God, that your word is already anointed. Lord, and I ask you now to help these lips of clay to speak what you would have to be spoken in this Bible lesson tonight. God, draw us closer to you in relationship by your word. Help me to speak tonight with wisdom and clarity and will not fail to praise you for it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody say amen. Lord bless you, you may be seated tonight. So I want to begin by recapping, and just a commercial break here, if this is the shortest thing I've ever done, just go with it, all right? We'll see where it goes. But in this story, we have a woman from Canaan. And she approaches Jesus in verse number 22, The Bible says that she cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. The Bible explains to us in this narrative that he didn't even say a word. It's just silent. As 21st century readers of the Bible on the backside of the story, we understand that he was a Jew and she was a Gentile. And in that era of time, uh, they did not fellowship together. So she comes again, and the Bible says this time she's worshiping him, saying, Lord, help me. This time he replied, but his reply was very, uh, very typical of a Jewish reply. And he says it's not right to take the children's bread. The children, known as the children of God, were the Jews. And cast it to the dogs. Well, we know through other various scriptural references that another another symbolic term for Gentile was dog. It's not very deep tonight. I won't be deep tonight. I'll be as shallow as it can get probably. But he's telling her, It's not right for me to give something to you that's designed for God's children. And in verse number 27, the woman replies and says, Truth, she's acknowledging that what he's saying is indeed the fact of that hour. But she says, Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. If you've ever had a pet in your home, you know this to be true. If you don't, just drop something. See how long it lasts. If you think your dog can't move very quickly, if you think that age has besieged them and that arthritis has set in and and that they're they're just slow as molasses in their old age, drop some good finger-licking dog food on the floor. I'm talking bacon, fried chicken, macaroni and cheese. Lord, have mercy, I'm going to talk myself into dinner here in a minute. You drop some good food on the floor, see how fast they move. Because they take the crumbs from the table. So now, 
she has his attention. And if you could put verse number 28 back up there for me, please. Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And the Bible says her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So the ending of this verse, from that very hour, is where I want to focus our Bible lesson this evening. If you survey various translations of Scripture, you will find what I would call a bit of a contradiction of terms to its meaning. There are several translations that state the phrase from that very hour that state it as her daughter was made whole instantly or right then or at that moment. While others continue to restate what the King James is telling us here and holding to the statement of from that very hour. So what's the difference between instantly and from that very hour? By my calculation, the difference is somewhere between 1 and 59 minutes. Now, I'm not here to debate which of these is more accurate. I am simply pointing out that there's a bit of separation in understanding. And having said that, my personal belief and commentary on this statement is that it's written to the effect of how we should understand it. That is, somewhere within the time frame of that hour, her daughter was made whole. My reason for this decision and belief is very simple, and it rests on the fact that there are 55 verses in New Testament writings where the word immediately is used on 55 different occasions. Some in reference to healing, some in reference to miracles, some, some are not, some are completely other circumstances. But this does speak to the Bible's ability to articulate clearly when an occasion, healing or otherwise, happens immediately, or instantly, or at a later time. So the Bible's able to tell us if something is immediate or not. And for whatever reason, King James language translation of, of this scripture chooses not to tell us immediately. Chooses to tell us that hour. So I have a right to be wrong. You have a right to decide for yourself. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm not, but that's fine, because that's not the point. The point is, the basis of this is the point I'm hoping to make is that there is a reference to time in which God spoke a word to a mother on something that was going to happen within that reference of time. One of the most popular references to time in Scripture is found in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. To everything there is a season. And a, somebody say it with me, a time to every purpose under the heaven. Timing is an important thing. Time is even a precious thing. It's a commodity that must be handled with great care if we are not to waste it. Dictionary.com defines the word time as a duration regarded as belonging to the present life as distinct from the life to come or from eternity. And if that's too complex on a Wednesday night after a long, hard day at work, it boils down to two words, finite duration. 
Time is something that has a beginning and it has an ending. The origin of time in reference to the hour that we are speaking of in Matthew 15 and 20, 28 dates all the way back to the Sumerian period. Fast forward to the Babylonians, you'll find that they derived their numbering system as a system of counting by 60s from the Sumerians. That's where we get our 60 minutes to an hour and 60 seconds to a minute. We can't control how much time we have, but we can control how we use it. Time in and of itself is beyond human control, yet it is a reference point to which we can turn for specific moments and seasons in our lives. Some people experience time as moving at a constant pace, while others may experience time moving more quickly or slowly, depending on their circumstance. Anybody who thinks time is moving slowly, I would really like to talk to them. Because I would like to understand how they have achieved that. Because I tell my wife, Brother Fred, almost every day at lunch, how's your, she'll say, how's your day going? That's how we start our conversation almost every day. How's your day going? Well, I feel like I just got here and it's lunch already. Because time feels like it's moving so fast. So let's take a few moments to establish how time is relative to us in the Word of God before we go back to our Gentile woman from Canaan. Hebrews 4 and 16 states, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Time here is stated as a reference point to a specific amount or moment that we can and will experience. Every person here tonight, every person watching online tonight, will experience or has experienced a moment in time where you have a need. There is something very specific about seasons of life that we go through that we have need of certain things. We either have need of healing. We have need of, of uh, some type of physical support. We have need of, of some type of emotional support. Or we have need of spiritual healing. Or we have need of a financial blessing. Or we, we just have a need that we, we have a, a situation with somebody, peer, family member, God help us because there's drama all around us. We have needs sometimes that we need God to work out on our behalf. We find grace in time of need. Romans 8 and verse number 18 states, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. This is a reference again to a specific moment that we will experience. And that is a certain degree of sufferings in this life that we may endure and will have to endure. And what looks like suffering for me may not look like suffering for you. But there are individual seasons and moments and times of life that every one of us will and are facing in our life we live. Doesn't matter which Ecclesiastes season we're in. There is a time to every purpose under the heaven. Romans 13 and 11 says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Simply stated, this is not the time to fall asleep on the church pew. And I'm not talking physically right now. 
I'm talking metaphorically or spiritually. This is not a time for us to duck our head in the sand and ignore current events and ignore happenings around the globe and ignore how that lines up with the prophetic word of God. This is not a time for us to be ignorant of Satan's devices. This is a time for us to awaken out of any sleep or slumber we may be in and not allow our enemy to lull us into a slumber and know that our salvation from God is nearer than it was when we started. Somebody shout amen. So we're establishing a reference tonight to understand that time can be referred to as an hour, it can be referred to as a day, it can be referred to as a season, and I do not know how long that season is. But time is a moment or a series of moments in time in which we experience. Going back to our Canaanite woman, the Bible states very specifically in verse 28 that her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Given the specific nature of this reference and on the belief that we have already established this to be a deliberate reference to the hour or span of time, then that leaves us with a great opportunity to consider tonight. And that opportunity is whether or not she was healed on minute number one out of 60 or healed on minute 59 out of 60. From the healing's perspective, it really doesn't make any difference. God declared that she would be made whole, and she was made whole from that hour. If we want to stop with just the act of healing, that's all we need to know. We don't have to dig any further to understand that she was healed because he said so. But the problem is not our belief that her daughter was made whole. Or perhaps we should put this in a more modern frame of reference I do not believe the problem tonight is that we don't believe God will do for us what we sincerely need. If he does it immediately, there's no question. If he does it instantly, there is no hesitation to believe that God will do it because he just did it and we witnessed it and we experienced it. The problem lies in those circumstances and sometimes they feel like they are many where God says that he has done something for us, but there's a specific amount of time or a season that we must walk through first before what God has declared he would do is demonstrated to us and our faith is built by evidence of what he said. Seasons of life, we I feel my help coming right now, seasons of life we walk through often don't afford us the opportunity to do anything but walk by faith. We see no evidence of God's blessing. We see no evidence of God's healing. We see no evidence of God's miraculous wonder in our life. But he's already said, I'll heal you. I'll take care of you. I'll go before you make crooked ways straight. I'll be your God when there is no other. He's already stated all those wonderful things. But we have to walk through the season. We have to walk through the specified amount of time before we see the evidence of what God has. So when God steps in, to the front side of our season, our hour, our symbolic now because it may not be 60 minutes. It may be six months. It may be six years. There is a season when God steps into the front side of our season. We'll call it minute number one. 
and he declares victory for us, we still have to walk through the season. Would to God that every time he steps in my minute number one and he declares victory, that I would be able to change seasons. And I would be able to change valleys and change mountaintops. But God didn't take the mountaintop away and he didn't take us out of the valley because it's the walk through the valley that gives us our strength to climb the mountain to the next top of the hill. So it's vitally important tonight that we not forsake the season we're in. Because we're always looking for a faster cure. The get-rich schemes of the 1980s and 90s have ruined us. Because something in pop culture has convinced us that there's some elusive formula out here somewhere that if we can just grab it, then everything's going to be fixed immediately. There are seasons we must walk. Not every, and if you have a fast victory, thank God for it. But don't get spoiled by it. Because not every valley you walk through are you going to have a fast victory. And you just might have more minute number ones in your season that God declares victory and forces you to walk anyway. So it's important that we not forsake our season. Hear me tonight. Seasons don't last forever, but they do last for a season. So somewhere within the span of time, we need to acknowledge His sovereignty and His power and His plan so that we can continue to walk all the way through the season we're in and come out victorious on the other side. I am fearful tonight that there exists somewhere in the spirit realm a, 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 a collection is the only way I know how to explain it, but I am fearful tonight that there's this collection of missed opportunities where God has stepped in in minute number one. And we've refused to walk through the season because we're searching for a quick fix. And we've missed God's opportunity for our life. So it feels like the season never ends because we didn't stay in the will of God in our season from the start. When God puts you in a season, stay in the will of God. Stay in the church. Stay in the truth. Stay in His Word. Stay in a season of worship. Don't stop worshiping God just because you're in a season. Don't sit on God just because you're in a season. Worship your way through your valley. Worship your way through your season because the same God that started you on that season will finish that season with you. Oh, could you lift your hands and praise Him right now? Somebody love the name of the Lord together. Somewhere, there's a lesson in the season. So, 
anyone here who knows me, this isn't in my notes, but let me just, a little commercial break here. Because I have, I have said through a few seasons of my life, I, I work in corporate life, and my profession and my, my professional calling, because I do believe it is a calling, has taken me down roads that seem to be stereotypical of corporate America. What was once good is no longer good, and you the one that gets cut. Those of you that's home folks tonight understand that. I believe three specific seasons in my adult life I have been in that circumstance. Two or three doesn't matter. But what I have said in that season, I don't know what I'm supposed to learn. I don't, I don't understand. I think it's okay to admit to God you don't understand. Because how else can you obtain understanding according to the scripture except ask for it? But I have said on multiple occasions, God, I've said it to my pastor, I'm sure I'm supposed to learn something, but I don't know what it is. God, please show me. Now, these seasons, in their individuality, lasted nine to ten months or so each. Different seasons of life. And in those seasons, my wife and our son, when he lived at home, would be in a state of, okay, God, what's your plan? You have to have a job to, to live, not to physically live, but to sustain. Is, is, this, is this your plan to move us? Are we supposed to take a different path here? What is, what is your will? What is your purpose? It was about more than just getting a job. It was about getting God's will. There might be a lot of people that never understood that, but that was, that was the crux of the matter. But individually, those seasons, in hindsight, when, when, you, when you span decades of life, I'm trying to be nice to myself here as I get older, nine or ten months is a blip on the radar. Nine or ten months is an eternity when you're in the middle of it. It's all about perspective. In those seasons, individually, nine or ten months, God moved, God blessed. We were thankful. And let me just add, and this is, this is not me patting my family on the back. I'm just trying to be a testimony of what I'm teaching tonight. In that season, we did not stop worshiping. In that season, we did not stop coming to church. In that season, we did not stop calling on God. So I'm telling you from personal experience tonight, whenever I tell you stay in your season and walk with God, I mean there's blessings to be had when you stay in your season and you learn to walk with God. So there's a lesson in the season. Now, I believe if memory serves correctly, the first time I went through this was 2008. It's 2023. 
verbally. Learn at least a few of the things that I, I think I was supposed to learn through these seasons. Within the last year, I had an awareness come to me at work one day that the culmination of events that had transpired that we always knew God was blessing for our good. But the culmination of events was to position me to be in the right place at the right time to fulfill God's calling on my life, which led me to where I am today. And had God not done what He did the last place I was at, I wouldn't have left on my own. I was happy. I was content. Not every time, not every season God puts you through that you don't like is against you. Let me say it a, a bit differently in terms of him being our father uh, in a parental type figure. He's working for our good whether we like it or not. So there's a lesson in the season. There's a lesson in the time. Book of Psalm 23 and 4 states, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. There are many seasons we walk through that we get afraid. We can be scared. And I'll even tell you tonight, I think it's all right to be scared. I know the Bible says that he's not the spirit of fear. Let's not take it out of context either. I think it's all right to tell God, I'm afraid. Because I feel him reminding us through his word tonight that what you're walking through, the season you're walking through, the time period in which you're walking through to get to from that very hour is a shadow. The fear is a shadow. A shadow. It's not a real being. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He wasn't declaring to us that we were walking through the valley of death. It was a shadow of it. Death might be close by. It might be off in the distance to shadow it. But where we're at isn't where death is. It's where the shadow is. And I would declare to you tonight that if there's a shadow... There's also light. Some seasons may look like death. But don't stop walking. It's just a shadow. Keep walking. Strength comes from your steps in your season. Remember that God is going to bring you to victory. Just don't Change the face of that victory by stepping outside of your season. God works within the time. He works within the time tonight. Would you stand with me tonight? Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's seal this word in our heart tonight in a season of worship. Let's lift our hands to him together. Church, let's call on his name right now. Let's call on his name in a season of worship. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I magnify you today. I am grateful, God, for your word. I'm grateful, God, for how you take our today 
and you plan out our tomorrow. God, minister every person here tonight, every season that is being walked through, every circumstance. God, sometimes they feel so great. Sometimes they feel insurmountable. But God, when I am weak, when I am weak, then are you, then am I made strong through you, through your power, through your word, through your spirit, through your voice. Operate in the time, God. Give us the strength we need to walk through our season. God, for we know from that very hour she was made whole. God, make your people whole today. Make your people whole today, God, within the time. I don't want to forsake the time, God. I know that to every, to every season, Lord, there is a time to every purpose under the heaven. You said that in your word, God. But, Lord, I'm, I'm glorifying you right now for the things unknown, the things unseen today. God, knowing that you are well able to establish it according to your word. God, for your people's sake, God, do what only you can do tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's lift our hands one more time as we prepare a song tonight to close in a season of worship. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Let's call on His name together. Strength, strength is found in a midweek Bible study when we're developing relationship with God. Strength is found right here. This is a determining factor of how we walk through our season right now. Our response to His Word, our response to His presence is a determining factor of how we face our tomorrow. Oh, if it's appropriate tonight, why don't you lay your hand on someone's shoulder right now and just ask God to touch them. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.